0: Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. So we're going to be
1: doing that, um, and we're believing God to help us plant. Our next church is January 2022. January 2022, go ahead and put that on your calendars, and uh, some of y'all are going to need to be a part of that one, and you'll leave this one to help us plant Renew somewhere else, and whether it's in, in uh, East Kendall or, or uh, maybe it's Florida City, I don't know where it is, but wherever God would have us to plant another Renew, we're going to do that, and we're excited about it. There's only a couple core values left, and I only have a few minutes before I, um, I turn this message over, but I, I want to talk about this focus that we disciple people through small groups. This is the core value we're talking about. This is what we are getting to today. We disciple people through small groups. And our text this morning is First Thessalonians chapter 2. And I'm starting at verse 8. But before I get to verse 8, let me give you a little bit of context in verse 7. Paul the Apostle, he's, he's planted this church, and then he got kicked out of town. He got ran out of town, and he, he had to kind of like long-distance lead this church, the Thessalonian church. And he had Timothy helping him on a local level, but he was doing what he could from a distance. But he was telling them, this is how much I loved you. And he says, just as a nursing mother in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 cares for her children, we love you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. I think that's on there. Go ahead and put that on the screen, Jacob. Because we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Okay, how many of you grateful for the gospel? How many of you thankful for the good news of Jesus Christ? Amen. And so the apostle Paul says to them, We were so delighted to share with you the gospel of God, but not only the gospel of God, but also our lives. Surely you remember brothers and sisters our toil and our hardship we worked night and day in order to not be a burden to you while we preached the gospel of God to you and you are witnesses so is God next slide of how holy righteous and blameless we were among you who believe for you knew you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children encouraging comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and his glory man this is God's word and we're thankful for it amen you know if you keep reading you'll find that Paul was separated from the Thessalonians as I mentioned but you'll see how proud he was of them because they imitated the churches in Judea and they went through the same suffering that the churches went through in Judea how many of you know when you become a Christian when you become a follower of Christ when you accept the call whatever it is it's not easy it's not easy he takes, he helps you. He doesn't leave you alone in that, but it's not easy. And so he was so proud of them because he was seeing the things that they were going through, and yet they wouldn't shrink back. And he knew that there was no shortcut for them. They were going to go through the same challenges that we, they went through. And he said, even though I'm not with you in person, I'm with you. And I'm proud of you. And there was this amazing report through Timothy that came back to Paul. So last week or two weeks ago, I was at a conference. I was at the Next Level Leadership Conference in Fort Myers. And the speaker in the session was talking a little bit about, um, uh, you know, church growth and trying to reach new people and ministering to your community and all these things. And he said something kind of almost in passing. It wasn't like a key point, but it was something that like really stuck out to me. And I wrote it down and it's just been kind of like in the back of my mind since he said it two weeks ago. He said, I stopped praying for God to grow my church. Because until I'm able to pastor, lead, and disciple the people that I currently have, then I don't need any more. Did you hear that? Let me say that again. This guy pastors a, a, a large church. He's one of the campus pastors for a large church, 20-year-old church in Fort Myers, next-level church, uh, probably 3,000-plus people. And, and, and one of the campus pastors says, I'm, I'm not even like, I'm not praying that God would send more people to our church. I'm not praying that God would grow our church because until I'm able to pastor, lead, and disciple, pastor, lead, and disciple the people that I currently have, I don't need anymore. And when he said that, I was like, oh, wow. Like, that's me. That's Trevor Pound. It was so convicting for me. And, And here's the bad news. I can't do any more than I currently have. Like, right now, the ministry that I'm doing, like, has me stretched end to end. I know you think I only work on Sundays, but I promise you there's a little bit that goes on Monday through Saturdays. But I can't do any more. That's the bad news. But here's what the good news is. The good news is, is that there is a better way. Amen? There is a better way. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't stand here, though, and lie and say I like it when no one comes to church. We put all this together, and we do it not just so that, you know, the church would shrink back or that it would feel like it's going to die or it's going to have to close down. That's not the reason why we do everything that we do every single week. Come on, that's not real. But I feel that God is saying I need to lead, pastor, and disciple the ones that he has entrusted me with before we can step into the next place that he has for us you know what i'm saying like i need to i need to not try to take um you know leapfrogs over stuff i need to take steps with god and as god gives me a step then i walk with him and then as he gives me another step i walk with him but i need to be able to do what he's calling me to do here and now before i can take that next step so how do you do that trevor by working harder By finding more hours in a day, more days in a week? No, not at all. It's not possible. You know, Paul was telling the Thessalonians, you remember how hard I worked, how hard it was. Night and day I worked uh, doing everything that I had to do to help, but there was no more that he could do. So how do you do that? How do I do that? How do we do that contextually in 2019 in Miami, Florida? We know what he said about it in the, with the Thessalonians, but how do we do it here right now? And I believe that the way that we do it right here and right now is pretty similar to the way they did it in Acts in the very first churches. The way to pastor, to lead, and disciple more people is, I believe, through small group ministry, through connecting people and discipling people in small groups. This is a key thought. The people you share your life with will determine the quality and the direction of your story. That should be up on the screen right now, Jacob. The people you share your life with will determine the direction and the quality of your story. It's so significant. It's so important that you you need to know this. Like if you hang out with, and I've told this many times over my years in ministry, if you hang out on Friday nights with a crowd of kids that are, um, you know, up to no good and 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 getting into trouble and and cutting school, and, and they just have no like life goals. You know what I'm saying? If that's the kind of kids you're hanging around, young people, then that's the kind of person you're going to be. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. The people you hang around, and I'm not just talking about on Sundays for an hour. I'm talking about the people you give your prime time to. You know, the time that you're, you're watching the game with, you're going to the game with, the people you're playing the game with, that's going to be the people that would determine the direction and the quality of your story. So you've got to do some things now to change your, 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 to change your future. You've got to change your, your people around you, your crowd, those that are in your life. So we create these opportunities. We create small group ministry. And small groups are three things, and I've got to be quick because I have a a second element to this, and I hope they're ready uh, in just a minute. Our, Our small groups are three things. They're a place to be real. They're a place to be real. The struggle is real, right? The bills are real. Kids getting into trouble is real. Divorce is real. Job loss is real. Fear is real. Cancer is real. Anxiety, pain loss, it's all real. Homelessness, we saw it yesterday, it's real. All of these things are real. Hallmark Channel is fake. People Magazine is fake. Facebook is fake. IG is fake. Capital One is fake. Your your new car is fake. Like, it's real, but it's fake. I mean, it's not going to get you that far. Air Jordan OGs are fake. Gucci is fake. I have a pair of $9 Nikes made by the same manufacturer as the guy that you can pay $30,000 for a pair of Nikes. And they do the same exact thing. If I put the $30,000 pair on, I would still be not ugly at basketball. I'd still be terrible at basketball. It it doesn't matter. They're fake. It doesn't matter. They're fake. These groups are, though, a place where you can be real. And you can realize you're not alone in your struggle. You can be real with one another. There are nine people in our Thursday group. And as I sit and share with them on a weekly basis, the more I get to know them, the more open and honest I feel I can be. I try to be transparent from this space. But let's be honest. This kind of one-way communication, as it often is, is hard to completely open up in. When I have people that I can share with that are also sharing with me, it feels authentic, and it feels comfortable, it feels real. The other thing is, is it's a place to belong. Sundays are amazing, and I love the worship. I love working with the Renew crew. Let's give the Renew crew a round of applause. Come on. I, I love encouraging others and being encouraged. But in a small group, you get to connect the house, the restaurant table, or even the public space that we take up. No matter where it is, it, it feels like home. When I sit with my friends on Thursdays around the little room at our office location, I feel like I'm home sitting with those eight other people with us. So it's a place to be real. It's a place to belong. But it's also a place to grow. Small groups help us to use our life experiences to minister to each other through that I'm sharpened and I can even sharpen others. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 says as iron sharpens iron so one man Sharpens another. That's what happens in these groups. Like we're sharpening one another. We're encouraging one another. We're we're helping. Wow! I see what you're going through. I know more specifically now how to pray for you. I know how to help you. Like job opportunities or or uh, kid challenges or whatever. Like I've gone through that. So let me walk with you through it. Let me guide you in this. These peer groups are amazing for that. Yes, we study the Word, but it's not a Bible lesson. It's not a Bible study. Yes. Uh, we, we, we spend time in prayer, but it's not just a prayer meeting. It's less educational, and it's more relational. So we grow, not just individually, not just in relation to God, but also in relationship to others. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to conclude with this in just a second. Uh, groups have to have this. Groups have to have ESPN. Remember these four letters, and they don't have it on the screen, but groups have to have ESPN. ESPN, they have to be encouraging this is what groups have to be. They have to be an encouragement. They have to have some scripture. They have to have time of prayer. And then they have to help have a next step. They have to have a next step. So group leaders, I need you to hear this. I need you to hear this. This is what a group is. If you want to know, what do we do in a group? We encourage. We let the word of God speak to us, scripture. We pray. And then we talk about next steps. Wow, look at look at where you're at in your life. Or look what you're dealing with it in, in, in your um. You know, your current career. How can we help you take a next step? How can we help you take a next step with God? Encouragement, scripture, prayer, and next step. Man, I believe that's where the church started. Like, Jesus showed up. He ascended then. After after, after he, he, he um, resurrected from the dead, he ascended. And, and you guys start making your way. Uh, come on, Prezes. Come on, Sandy. Come on, Shelby. Um, he, the, the church shows up. Right. Uh, or Jesus shows up, he resurrects, then he ascends and he says, but I'm going to send the comforter, the Holy Spirit is going to be with you. Acts chapter one. You just wait here and then Pentecost. Right. Boom. Holy Spirit shows up and everybody's going crazy. Right. And, the, and, and they, they feel like there's something good happening in their heart and in their life. And then Peter's like speaking to the crowd that thinks everybody's drunk. And in the crowd, Peter says, listen, they're not drunk. It's nine in the morning. The Holy Spirit has come. And it says 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. 3,000 people were, were baptized on that very day. 3,000 people believed and were baptized. So that's the amazing, that's the Acts story of like what the church does and what it's supposed to do. But beyond that, after that, there's Acts chapter 2. So that's Acts 1 and the first part of chapter 2. But then you know what happens after that? It's, all, it's not all glitz and glamour and lights And worship and big events. You know what's after that? It's what's going to happen right behind me in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 48. So I'm going to pass this on, and I think there's a a mic up there. If you want to take that mic, and I'm going to give you this mic, and then you guys are going to take over from here. Sandy, you ready? All right.
2: Good morning, Renew. I thought I'd introduce the group that's up here and why we're here. Um, I um, lead small groups at Renew, and we have four small groups going on, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, what we have here is some of our small group leaders and our sco- small group attendees. So Shelby has been attending uh, the group on Monday nights with um, Jerry and Mabel, yeah.
1: and, also hosting,
2: hosting. <laughs> and she's also hosting Tuesday's uh, Mikey's group.
3: I think so she's at our group for the food. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, by the way, if you do join Mabel's group, Mabel and Jerry's group, there's food always. So, <laughs> <laughs> Monday, Monday, Monday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mabel and Jerry are leading a group, and they were actually in my group uh, last time. So we had a wonderful time of fellowship, and we're going to basically have small group uh, right now. Okay? So during small group, uh, we do exactly what the pastor said. We encourage one another, we share a scripture, we pray together, and we talk about our lives and what we need to do uh, as a next step. Um, we start with the small group discussion questions that are actually in the uh, Uversion app. When you look at the event for um, Renew, you will find the questions right there. So uh, I'm going to open that up now. And then basically we just go through questions. So we're going to start with our icebreaker question. And today's icebreaker question is, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, I would say mine is, I changed mine. I'm
0: sorry. I would say mine uh, (laughs) is uh, consistency breeds credibility. So I knew a guy a long time ago that would say that about, you know, when he would, be ministering to young people and I feel like that still resonates with me even though I'm not involved in that much anymore but with my house like if I'm consistent with my husband in these areas if I consistently serve him with a loving heart that breeds credibility in our home and in our relationship with my daughter she wants to play blocks and I say yes you know consistently she knows that if I want to play blocks mama's going to play with me and it's just have it's building the relationship in our home and I think that's that's something that has gone with me for a while.
3: Okay. It, it, it kind of hit me, too, because she shared that in our group. Because um, Mabel always tells me, Jerry, you need to be consistent. You need to be consistent. And I was like, oh, thanks, Shelby. <laughs> 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 um, one of the, the best uh, advice that I'd received, uh, and this is back, woo, like, way back in 98, uh, around the time where I gave my heart to the Lord, uh, we were going to a marriage counseling, marriage seminar type thing. And the leaders of the group uh, stated to us, the, the gentleman, he's, he looked at me he said, the secret to marriage is you give 100% but don't expect anything back. I mean, that has, I, mean I had to marinate on that and it took me years to really get it, but I mean, I got the crux of it at the very beginning, but it just keeps unfolding. Not only have I been applying that in my marriage, um, but also I realized that that's a way to live.
2: Uh, You don't always have to answer every question, (laughs) so that's fine, too. Um, For me, there's so many things I could share, but one thing that I learned really early on that was really transforming was not advice that I got, but I got called out for being hypocritical. Um, I was 15 years old in high school, and I was part of this yearbook team, and we had an after-school event, and one of um, the girls in my team was there with her mom, and we were working together, and I was being very nice to her, and she turns to me in front of her mom and says, you're being nice to me because my mom is here, but you're not always like that with me. And I was just, I didn't know what to say, but that just stuck in my heart. Um, I was a believer by then, and it really just convicted me to always be kind, but always be consistent (laughs) with who you are. Um, To not be one way, in front of certain people and be different. Um, So that has been something that really just taught me a lot and it was actually a rebuke. So
3: So the question is, do you really like me?
2: (laughs) I'll get back to you on that. (laughs) I love Jerry, I do, I do. Um, Okay, so we're going to now share scripture and we're going to read from Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through 47.
0: All the believers were together and had everything, everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved.
2: All righty, so um, I know Pastor Trevor shared, this is like first-generation church. This is like right after, you know, Christ resurrected, and so this is the first church doing this together. So based on what we just read, what do you think had the greatest influence on their group? Who wants to go first? Jerry?
3: <laughs> <laughs> the I mean, the, the, in this particular one, um, it's, it's that it's that oneness where they come together you know um, you know I, I'm, I'm mixing up some of the questions but but in, in this one in particular what I what I liked about it is that when the scriptures it's it's highlighting the result of that's what I kept on seeing the result of right um, it encourages the people around you they there's a oneness that happens there's like this the symbiotic thing that happens between the people that are participating. And then you begin to see things of yourself in lights, in, in, in a light that you can never see before. You know, so that, that's really what impacted me and impacts me a lot about this. And, the, and the, ma- the major part of it is that, you know, we talk a lot about the spirit moving. You know, God somehow uses that to, see, to show you how his spirit moves through the body of Christ, you know. That's the cool thing about, that's one of the elements that's really cool about the small group, and you, you can't see it anywhere else, you know, because you don't have to be PC in a, in, a, in a small group, you know. We're in the confines of, of offices, and, you know, there's so many PC rules, uh, but in here, you could be real. You could be transparent. You could be yourself. You know, the, the, you know, I put my guard down. You see exactly who I am, and it's, it's just awesome to see how God uses that. To teach me something, and then it sometimes blesses other people.
4: <laughs> for me, it's the breaking of the bread, you know, spending time together and fellowshipping, which is essentially what Jerry just said.
2: So, for me, what I got out of that was um, when you think, sometimes I have to remember what I'm reading and the context of it. So, this was the first church. These are people that are really being against the grain, right? So they are going against the culture of their time. And I saw this unity that they had where they helped each other out, where they had everything in common, where they met and broke bread, as really essential for them to be able to maintain this new belief that they had just come understand, right? Because they were going to be surrounded by a Jewish congregation of people that were not going to believe what they believed in a culture that was pagan, where there was, you know, not monotheism, but a lot of different gods. So they were going against the culture, and the only way that they could really survive what they were going through was this unity that they had, this coming together. And we as Christians have something similar in our culture. We're not first-generation Uh, You know, or the beginning of the church, but for some of us, we are first-generation Christians because our families weren't Christian, and we are in an environment that, a culture that is very different from what we believe. We go against the grain of the culture. So we do have to be around people that can encourage us in our faith. That's what I see happening here. If they did not have the opportunity to do that, (coughs) it would have been so much harder for them to maintain the faith. And then the cool thing is that all they had to do was that. God added to their number based on that, right? So other people saw, it says, you know, they grew in favor with men because p- people saw how they were behaving with each other, how they interacted with each other, and that made them want to know, which is the same thing we do now. We don't have to tell people, you have to come to church. They, ha- they see the changing in, uh, in us, and sometimes it's like, wow, how are you surviving this? How are you dealing with this? let me tell you how, right? So that's what I got out of it and what I found so influential. Um, Okay, so question number three. Uh, One of our core values is we disciple people through small groups. How has your experience in small groups helped you grow in your relationship with God and others?
4: I'll answer that one. (laughs) For me, it has been a change of perspective uh, sometimes. and, And pretty much what Sandy was saying Sometimes you go through life and you just do your life, you know, the best way you know, and you're busy with kids and work and everything. and You tend to forget that a lot of the things you're going through, someone else is also going through them. And so we get into a set of minds sometimes of, you know, making choices or even failing or, or making choices that are not good because you fail to to have someone minister to you because you don't open up. And for me, in the in the two experiences that I've had with uh, small groups, I've encountered, you know, just by sharing, just being us, you know, relationships in which I, I was mentored, and realized that some of the things that I'm going through, someone else is going through, and when they've shared how they've dealt with, what they're doing, it changed my perspective, it allowed me to be encouraged and to see that they're doing it, I can do it, and sometimes my choices are not the right ones. You know, perhaps if I follow what what they're doing, which is centered in God, then I I can I have that chance to succeed. So that that was my experience.
3: The other thing that I like to add with that too is that um, uh, she was able, Mabel was able to share things in the small group in a in a different tone. You know, like in she's uses different words because she's in front of other people and she feels comfortable to a certain extent. And there's women that she's speaking to within the group so as she's sharing I'm getting a different perspective of the way that she looks at things so it, it was almost like it was ministering to us in the place where we needed it because listen we've been married 21 years and we still go through a lot of issues I mean I mean, those that have been married for a while understand what I, what I mean by that it's it's how you you God into the relationship is the glue that holds you together because you're two completely different people. I mean, even to the day that you die, you'll be two complete, completely different people going through two completely different processes, you know. So I was able to see it and I was listening to God and asking God to give me better clarity and to answer the questions the proper way, you know, so I could minister to my wife because that's my role and God was teaching me how to be patient, even more patient. I mean, my wife always tells me, and people say all the time, Jerry, you're super patient, but, you know, there's things that I struggle with, too. You know, it's sometimes you think that you understand certain things in a specific way, but you have to see them in a different light to understand them to a greater depth. And that's exactly what I needed to see. I never expected, this is the first group that we lead. Um, we were asked to, to participate, and I said, yeah, I'll answer the call, right? And I've always wanted to, but the cool part is, is that God has used this, I believe, more to minister to us than I could ever imagine ministering. I was with the pressure of thinking, how am I going to minister to these people? But in reality, God is using it to minister to us. So what I'm, what I'm saying is, is you'll be surprised how much God will give you because you're there to maybe bring that extra, you know, loaf of bread, you know, but God will use that act of, of worship to him to then minister to you.
2: Okay. So um, I want, I've been in small groups now for a while, um, and I remember when I started, someone shared something with me that was very helpful, and that was that um, in small group, you're not trying to go from zero to 60, right? You're not trying to, Become a super Christian in the process. You're just trying to take one step closer to God, right? So when you, when I first joined the, the first small group um, in 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 my thirties, uh, actually, I had been away from the church for a while, and I came back. So I had just rededicated my life to Christ, and I felt kind of um, like all this Bible knowledge I had when I was growing up, I forgot, and I felt a little bit, you know, intimidated about going into this small group. And um, what I found was that there were people in different walks or different paths, right? So some people were like me that had some knowledge but forgot it and were coming, some were new, some you know, had been in, in, um, in, you know, walking in their faith for a while. And even though we were all at different places, we either had the opportunity to be ministered to and mentored in the process, or maybe we were further enough along that we were mentoring other people. So I felt as I walked in, Um, that at any stage in in, in the place that you're at, you can grow, and you don't have to feel like you have to know everything going into it um, to participate. That made me feel comfortable being in it, and um, I love that it helps to bring out your giftings, right? So we know we have growth track here, and you can actually take a test and kind of find out what your giftings are, but it's in the process of fellowship and connection that you start to realize, wow, I really have a heart for encouraging people, or I really have a heart for, you know, sharing the go- sharing the gospel with people or explaining a, a verse. So you grow not only in how you deal with your life, but in your ability to see how you fit into the body of Christ. Um So we have one more question, guys. Uh, Question four is, for the person that is unsure about joining a group, what would you tell them?
3: Uh, uh, No, because, no, yeah, because (laughs) Shelby's gonna take the cake with her answer. Sorry to set you up like that. (laughs) Um, You you encourage, by you going, I wanna add also that last question real quick is that the, um, what I would add to that, and this, it, it lines up with this last question, is doesn't matter what stage you are. So even if you're brand new, like you just gave your heart to the Lord today, that's right. Maybe, maybe you're wondering about this whole, you know, following after Christ thing, you know. The thing is that even your contribution, just the fact of showing up, ministers to people. That's one. Two is that your questions... Even if they're from a very, you believe that it's from a very basic standpoint or that you think like, wow, you know, I mean, I don't understand any of this. You know, what does this mean? You'll be surprised how that simple question or that challenging question ministers to the people that are in that room. And the very important thing, we didn't even mention this, is that whatever is shared in those, those, uh, those studies is kept within those studies. That, that is a promise that everyone there abides by. We do not share any of those things outside of that group. So that's a very important element because you're able to speak freely and you don't have to worry about anyone, you know, putting your stuff out in, into public. You know. Um, so I'd say you encourage people by you bring life to the group just by being there, and we hope to do the same for you.
0: I would say. Uh, if you're nervous or anything, I would say just go for it because, I mean, I'm one that if I don't know anybody there, I'm like, I don't want to go, you know, but if, but what's so unique about small groups is even if you don't know anyone or you just know one person, it, there's something so unique because when you go, it's unfamiliar, but the Holy Spirit shows up, and because of that, he unifies hearts, and so you may show up like, I don't know anybody, I don't know, what we're doing. I don't know this house, because that's another thing. It's like, I got to go to somebody's house, like, you know, that's really intimate. But because the Holy Spirit is there, he's going to unify hearts. He's already got people there that are ready to minister to you, not in a, well, let me preach to you. But there's friendships that he is He has ready to show you. He's He's already put people in your small group to say, hey, I want to run this race with you. Like, let's hang out, you know, let's do life together, let's encourage each other, let me lift you up, let me mourn with you when you mourn, let me celebrate when you celebrate, and so because of that, I would say, just do it, because that act of faith is going to just, the Lord loves faith, he moves when you move, you know, it's, it, what is it, what, I don't know, I can't think of it right now, but faith, he moves when you have faith, and so because you're stepping out saying, you know what, I don't know any of these people, this is weird, But I'm going to go and just say, yes, he's going to open up friendships and in times of ministering to your heart, one on one with just him, too. So just go for it. Just be fearless and brave and just jump off the cliff, basically. that, I'm sorry, let me, that sounds really like, go, go jump, no, I said, I'm, no, yes, take a leap of faith, I'm scared of heights, so if I'm going to jump off anywhere, I don't, I shut my brain off and just jump, so that's why I say that, just jump off
2: the cliff, just go for it, don't think about it, just do it. Um, Okay, so uh, for me, um, I know we were made for connection, right, so we need to have connection with people, God knows our hearts, and he's provided what he calls fellowship, which is that living life together, that connecting with people. Um, It's hard to do that on a Sunday morning for a few minutes, right? Because you come in, worship starts, and then you go out, you might have a cup of tea, talk for a few minutes, and then you leave. And if you are like me, I'm introverted, and I'm kind of shy. So I have a really hard time going to someone that I don't know and to start having a conversation. And it takes a long time to build that, in those five minutes, 10 minutes that you spend on Sundays. But when you join a small group, it seems like a big commitment, but it's not because you don't have to do all the work yourself. You show up, you don't even have to answer a question if you don't want to in the beginning, eventually you probably will. But just that act of showing up allows you to be social, to find that connection, even if you have a hard time normally just meeting new people. Because everybody's in the same place you're at. They're all coming together, and they're all in the same place, whether they are you know, introverted or extroverted, they're all coming into this group and having to do the same thing. You'd be surprised just how quickly you actually build a rapport with people, and it's a place you can go and just share your life, say where you're at. There may be things you share in there that you don't tell other people, even friends, because it's in a different context, and it gives you that freedom. So. I really encourage you to try it. Just join a group, try it once, and see how you feel about it because it is the way that you really build connection and grow together uh, in your faith. And it, it's, it's what we all need, really, to be encouraged and to hang on to faith when it's really hard to do that in, in the culture that we live in today. So you're welcome to join either one of our groups. We have a Monday group. Uh, that meets in Mabel and Jerry's house. We have a Tuesday group that meets in we um, have food. At Shelby's house and homestead with Mikey. Um, Wednesday group is Lori Matthews and um, Fred Matthews. They're here very close. And then our Thursday group meets at the church office. Um, and they're all about 7, 7.30. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll move the church. Yes, man. not that good? You you keep on leaving our uh, our Tuesday morning group out. I don't know if you think it's because it's not really a group since there's only like two or three of us there, Sandy. But uh, Tuesday mornings on your list on your on your list of groups there, you should have one at your at your chair. Uh, there's a Tuesday morning group led by uh, Hoobins, Faraz, and myself, and we meet at Denny's. It's a men's group at Denny's on seven at seven thirty. So uh, right over here uh, in one thirty seventh and one five two. So, hey, uh, didn't they do good? are not that great? Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, it's not too late, Sandy, right? Like, these aren't groups that, oh, you didn't start with us so you can't finish, right? They could come at any time. They could join now. Yes. So, yeah, we are, like, you could jump in now, um, and we are going to be pushing pause, you know, uh, a little bit after Thanksgiving and, and until the new year. So then we'll, we'll launch them back up in, uh, in January. But Come check them out. Come check them out over the next couple of weeks. Look at that list, Sandy. You guys will be out there. You'll be out out front so that they can come and see you, right? And get your autograph since you're a super superstar group leader. So thank you so much, um, man. Our worship team's gonna come back. Come on up, and we're gonna sing a closing song. You guys stand with me if you would, and um, we're gonna um, close this this message out with that. That's that's the heart behind this. You know that. Um, Yes, the Holy Spirit comes through these movements, and and 3,000 were baptized all in a day, right? That's amazing. Praise be to God for that. But, you know, the Holy Spirit works in three as much as he does in 3,000. Amen? Right? 3,000 and three. It's, It's the same. The Holy Spirit's where two or more are gathered, he's there, right? So that's what we're saying, and we think that you can even find more connection and relationship and and, and just building and encouraging one another. And not only for you to get ministered to, but um, for you to minister to somebody else. You just never know what your life story might do for someone else because they've gone where you've gone. They've been where you've been. Um, and and you just, you help them in a big way. So we're going to sing a closing song. Let me pray, and then we'll sing a closing song, then we'll be dismissed. God in heaven, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for uh, what Renew Church is all about, and uh, yes, God, we want to lead people to a renewed life in Christ, and we see that happening in in the beginning on Sundays, but God, I think in homes, like when, when it's life on life and encouraging one another, we see even more of that, and so God, make time in our busy schedules help us to find a way, help us to prioritize what's important and help us to see that this is important for uh, our spiritual growth, for relational growth, so that the people that we're hanging around would also be the people that would influence us and that we would also influence. God, we love you and we thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. And Everybody said amen, amen. Let's sing this final song.
5: See things like you do. God, I look to you. You are my help. Before. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do.
6: Give it up for this service, man. God was definitely here, man. You felt the spirit move, and I hope that you feel ministered after that message. I hope you feel encouraged to join a small group and, and just dive off a cliff, like Shelby said. But this is this is the part of our service where we worship God through the giving of, of tithes. So let's pray over that right now. God, we thank you. For your son Jesus Lord we thank you for the things that you've blessed us with Father Lord I pray that you bless this offering this morning Lord and you use it to continue to change this community Father for your kingdom Father continue to give us the resources Lord to just put on for you Lord in your kingdom God bless these families here Lord in ways that they can't even imagine this week Father God Lord we thank you for your presence God we thank you for your church Lord it's in Jesus' mighty and powerful name that we pray amen Thank everybody so much. We have starting point right now. You may be dismissed.